Thanks for coming by. Mind your biz so we can mind your biz. Yeah, I spent the whole day listening to your podcast. So Did you? Yeah, from the first one. I, I enjoyed so much the story you told about the one thing thing i was like uh, this is my person this is like like 100 i agree with you on that one thing and it was like the first hook so i'm i'm very excited to be here and talk to you oh thank you so much for checking us out so so tell everybody who you are what you do uh we want to get into your business okay i'm margo white and i'm a number one expert in copywriting for entrepreneurs. Now, let me explain this, what that means. I don't name myself as number one copywriter because there are great copywriters out there. I will never be able to compete with them. And that's not my area, right? But I'm, uh, I have this niche of explaining to the entrepreneurs how to do their homework so that copywriters would do their job well, okay? Because I entered this market like four years ago. I have like 10 year background in business and I'm a serial entrepreneur. Of course, I took my experience and everything. And by the way, your company, I mean, you, you have so much connection with the content. You understand better than me that it's sometimes it's challenging to work with, with your clients and for them to explain to you what they really want and more importantly it's challenging to understand what the business needs because most of the times even even the owners themselves they don't understand they don't ask themselves the right the right questions right they think that they focus on their product so much that they forget that the business is not just about the product it's about people you sell it to yes so my job is to explain to them and give them the alternative view of their business so that copywriters would find it very easy to work with them. And by the end of the day, everyone benefits from that. Copywriters, you know, marketing managers and the entrepreneurs themselves. So essentially, you're an interpreter. You're interpreting. You're, you're, you're <laughs> kind of, yeah. You are because a lot, like you said, a lot of business owners whether they have a service or a product or something they're providing or selling, they know a lot about their product or service, but they don't necessarily know mm -hmm. what the customer is thinking. Sometimes they're just too one-sided. They're not unbiased. So you're the middleman. You're creating this bridge from the product service yeah. to the customer, and you're able to interpret what the business owner is trying to convey and what the customer needs to hear to understand. Is that what you right, essentially right. it? Yeah, that that's a big part of my job. But also, I, I I have to tell that when I started, I mean, as a beginner, I I took several companies just to get this uh, experience and everything. And I can tell you, I can't tell you how many interviews I had with really experienced people coming in and telling me, "Hey, you know what? I have this business, and here you go." You decide who is my customer avatar. You decide who my audience is, how to talk to them, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that got me thinking, really. I, I, I'm kind of a great, I mean, I'm a big book reader. I, like, read, like, four hours every day. And I read this Sam Walton's biography from Walmart and Jeff Bezos and everyone. And 
these people, I mean, Sam Walmart was once arrested for measuring uh, his competitor. I mean, uh, um, the, the distance between um, the shelves at his competitor's store. And Jeff Bezos spares some time, like hour and two a day to answer his clients, I mean, emails himself and forwarding that to the relevant department. And that got me thinking, like, these guys, they have multi-billion dollar businesses and someone that has a million dollar business a year, he has no time to get involved. What can you have more important than that? And I figured that it wasn't the right way, like I explained to you, it wasn't the right way to explain to the clients. <laughs> so I just came up with this content DNA, which is a structure. And I will explain that to you and to your listeners what that is, what the business owner should have in place. And it's done once, okay? You just do it once. You don't do it every day, but it can serve you for years and years. So I think it's like worth invest, uh, investing your time, even if you're very, very busy. So you, you have put together a very basic protocol that business owners need to follow in order to be the yeah. most effective and efficient with their business. Exactly. Now, yeah. is this the book that you provide? Is this during the consult that you give to your um, clients? Where are they getting this uh, from? Well, actually, as Einstein said, if you can't explain that to the six-year-old, probably you don't understand it yourself. So I, I would say it's pretty easy to explain to you right now. Uh, it's called content DNA. So the DNA uh, has three uh, elements, right? And so does the content DNA, which is you and your business. And I will explain what I mean in that. It's customer avatar and your message, right? And this is something that only the business owner should create. Your $15 an hour copywriter should not decide the fate of your multi-million dollar business. And I want everyone to understand that, right? I want you to understand what you're giving to your employees, okay? They don't have the same mindset because business mindset is completely different. You are already on the other side of the fear, all the struggles and everything. They don't have this connection with your prospects as you have, and they don't see with your eyes. So what you need to do is, first of all, what I love about uh, you and your business is I give people alternative view. As they say, uh, usually they say like, build upon your strength, right? I say, you should not have your weaknesses. So what does that mean? Take a closer look at your weaknesses and figure out who might consider that your strength. That's interesting because usually people go like, you know, like take away my weaknesses. I, I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's where your competitor will shoot you because, you know, if you're vulnerable at something, that means in, in the world of business nowadays, I'm sorry, but you know better than me, Evan, that 2020, so many people thought about their own businesses. It's so difficult now to stand out from the crowd. And I hope your agency basically helps people to stand out from the crowd and to get their voice out, right? So did you have this kind of thinking about weaknesses in your business and trying to turn them into your you know, strengths? Absolutely. I mean, your strengths are your strengths, right? We already have them. They're innate. They're within us. Why do we have to drool over ourselves and 
talk about our strengths, right? So you have to humble yourself and you have to cut your mm -hmm. ego out and you have to look at yourself from outside of yourself and really pinpoint your weaknesses and focus on those because those are the biggest challenges of your business and of your person is getting through your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you may not be able to fix them. So you have to be big enough. Exactly. Thank you. You have to seek out the answers or someone to help you fix it. And that's the biggest problem. A lot of business owners, especially ones that have achieved success, have a hard time mm -hmm. saying, wow, I can't fix this. It's my business. I should be able to fix anything. You know, business owners, a lot, a lot of the times are big heads. And I could say it myself earlier and younger. I, I would not accept failure. I would not accept weakness. I would go sleepless before I considered myself weak at something. And I would diligently go about it and not even get through it the way I should have. And as you get smarter and more experienced, you realize, you know what? You got to get help from somewhere else. You got to pay to get help. Don't be afraid to spend money to get the help you need because it could change your life. It can change your business. So I absolutely agree with that. Focus on your weakness because there's a hundred other companies looking to take your place and take your customer at every moment. This is urgent. Business is urgent. And if you sleep, absolutely, it, someone's taking your place. So I, I agree with you completely, completely. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that, that's a wonderful story. I love the sto stories of struggle and I appreciate you sharing yours. I can tell that really you mentioned it correctly, that it's not the point about turning your weaknesses uh, into your strong points by changing anything. Some, some weaknesses cannot be changed, but that means you're presenting it to the wrong audience. Even if you are a small business owner, don't try. I mean, for example, you're a coach, right? Lots of people are trying to become coaches now nowadays, like influencers and et cetera, et cetera. Don't try to compete with Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi when you're at the very beginning. Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi do not care about small, uh, you know, small amounts that people have right now. They can only give the pre-recorded sessions or lives where there are thousands of people. Don't try to go out there and say, hey, I'm the second Tony Robbins. You're not. But you can offer to the right audience the fact that I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to communicate with you directly. It's not going to be pre-recorded. I'm going to notice that you're there, right? And that's what actually people need, this connection. And at the same time, I see so many talented people that are playing on the wrong round. And that's why they don't succeed. They're trying to be like those, you know, top, top, top achievers without realizing that those top achievers did not start with that level. They started on a much lower level. Even if you know, like Tony Robbins, sorry, he used to be an assistant. There's so much perspective when you're taking a closer look to your business and figure out this why I'm bringing this one point, because this is essential. There are other points, but I will not be able to cover all of them. So first is take a closer look to the weaknesses. The second is your customer avatar. And oh my God, I can't even, you know, uh, I can't even stop speaking about that because what usually customer avatar means uh, to a lot of marketers, and I passed a lot of Courses. It's like, uh, you know, uh, like list uh, the age of your customer avatar and they go, 
25 to 34. Well, let me tell you, Evan, was there a difference between you being 25 and 34? Not much. No? Not much difference. Not much difference? Okay. Well, for me, for example, it was. I mean, and for a lot of people. And the same thing is from 34 to 45. You know, there's a, I, I, can, I can dive deeper into this question, and I can tell you that you were much smarter at 34 than you were at 25. Absolutely. Much more experienced. It's like nine years, yeah, right? I mean, m maybe not dramatically, not dramatic changes, but you start at 34. When I turned 30, I started thinking about different values in my life up to oh, 30 yes. i was living for myself now i thought you meant you as, see? as a con so, cons as a consumer i thought you were talking about as a consumer i generally oh, oh. yeah th that didn't change too much i generally like the same music mm. i bought the same food not too much changed but as a person it's a world of a difference i mean five years even a few years makes a world of a difference because we go through so much sure. in a couple of years so to that point completely different Completely mm -hmm. different, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, people are listing these gaps in the age, and they're listing, do they have a car or not? Well, if you're selling car insurance, that's important, but if you're not, I mean, why do you care? I, don't, I still don't have a car, but I can afford any car I want, right? Doesn't mean that I cannot buy other things. I just don't like driving. That's not my thing. So... There are lots of things, like, is he a, a college graduate or not? This bottom line what i'm trying to say is what you can see online googling what is customer avatar and all this listing you cannot apply it to your content most of the times and i tried i tried and i couldn't but what i could apply to my life is the thoughts that people had because your customer whether he's 25 or 60 you need a person with a who, ha who is at a specific path towards buying your product, right? So uh, you have no time on earth to convince 7 billion people or 8. You need to know what their thoughts are and you need to know how many points of, uh, you know, common ground, common points do you have with your customer avatar. I know exactly what my... Uh, you know, what my clients are like, and I'm like them. And I realized that there are some people who are never going to buy from me. But guess what? When I'm working with people, they don't realize that they might not be good for someone else. And they they have their customer avatars and think that this is what they need, you know, uh, th this is the audience that they need to have, but they don't have their anti-avatar. That's another thing that I want to talk about. Someone that you would never want to come into your business. Just think about it. You are a very high professional, but you have your standards. I remember you telling a story that someone got late on the shoot, uh, on the video shoot, and you were pissed off. And I'm sure that in situations like that, not in this specific that you talked about, but there were in your life when you turned around and said, I'm not going to work with you and walked away. And you know why you're paid big money right now? Because of that. Because you have standards and you have principles. The sad truth about many entrepreneurs is that they're so uh, focused on income that they're refusing the large income because they have no st standards. 
You're absolutely right. Um, okay. That's see, that's the, the the good and the bad of being an uh, of being an entrepreneur that's very fluid and very flexible. Is sometimes they're too fluid and they're not setting the standard. And you're absolutely right. They're watering down their expertise, and that's not good. And then you let in a whole nother group of customer base that might fall in line with that. And now you're setting a whole different standard that's lower. So you're absolutely right. Keep your standards, wherever that may be. You could be flexible, but only to a point. You got to set that bar and try to stick to it. And you'll see that when you stick to a certain standard, the clientele comes up, they, they meet the standard, they go beyond the standard, and you keep raising that bar when you keep getting better as a business person. And that's just how it should be. And then give the younger business people a chance to deal with the less respectful customer or the customer that doesn't care as much and let them go through it and make them resilient like we have. Right? It's their turn. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there, sometimes the customer is not bad, but he's not just not for you. You realize you cannot help the guy. First of all, you need to have the, him defined because before you define someone you don't work, want to work with, you can't define who you want to work with. That's true. And we, and we, can't, and we can't like everybody we yep. work with so, either. You can't just drop people because you have a personality conflict or because they're a customer that doesn't have much money. Because I could tell you, I've done a $500 job, I've done free jobs that turned into millions of dollars. And that's something really big that I talk about to some of my, my younger interns and employees is that never underestimate the potential of a client because they may not show you all their cards and you don't know who they know. So my message is never underestimate the client, big or small, don't be quick to cut them off just because they're not spending the same amount of money as you want. So that's another flip side to that. Exactly. I love that. I love that, that you're, you, you said. I think a lot of people should just write that down and remember it on a daily basis. Some of my best clients were, you know, at the very beginning, they were, I don't know, probably testing or something. I don't know, but they didn't even reveal their companies. I'm now working with Fortune 500 only, but uh, at, back then I didn't realize I was working for, for Fortune 500. So, I mean, you never know where the opportunity lies. If you're doing your job well, like 110%, 120%, and don't even look at what they're paying you, that is definition of the professional. So starting with anti-avatar and then going to your avatar and going down to their thoughts is the second part, okay? And if this is the only thing that I will cover today, I want to also mention the three states that your customer avatar should have, which is inner minimum, inner breakdown, and inner maximum. This is totally created by me. <laughs> I love it. Also, like content DNA. That's great. And I can explain. Yeah, I, I wanted to give the best in this show. So I'm trying to keep it short and simple. So what this means is inner minimum is uh, the state uh, of your customer avatar that he feels normal. Okay, this is the minimum thing that you got. And I can say that inner minimum changes over time. Like, for example, there were times in my life when uh, I only drank like 
Nescafe coffee, right? And it, that's in the cup and something. Now I can't live my life without a coffee machine. And everywhere I go, I'm like coffee machine. Like, and you know, but there were times I was okay with the smaller, you know, things. I didn't care. So your inner minimum changes over time as you grow. You need to know that. And your customer avatar's inner minimum also changes, but you should choose a specific group of people. You know, inner minimum is, is a comfort zone. Most people stay there. So there is also inner breakdown, which means the lowest point ever for this person. Now, that also varies for people because some, you know, after this crisis of 2008, I wrote, uh, I read about someone who committed suicide in his Ferrari. And we also see people who are living on $1 a day on a daily basis, and they're happy and they're surviving. Also, inner breakdowns can be different for many people. But it's like the lowest point you can get. This is the worst thing that can happen to you. Why do you need that? Because you need to take person mentally there that this is what will happen if nothing will change. Okay? And then there is inner maximum. And that's also very important because there's many people, especially coaches, offering like to a person who is making 40K a year, they're offering uh, 10 million a year. You can't do that if you want to sound believable because uh, in, in, in the mind of the, the, these people, they didn't even you know, went beyond, uh, go beyond 100K. How can you offer 10 million? So when I, when I see that, that's also this millionaire mindset. You know, offer them another 40K. Actually, inner maximum is 5X of what your your customer avatar has right now. Don't go beyond that and you will sound believable. So if the person is making 40K right now and you're a coach and professional, offer to 100K and that's it, okay? Right. And they will believe you because that's something within their mind and 10 million isn't, even 1 million isn't, you should know. So going back, uh, once again, it's inner minimum, the state they're in right now, inner breakdown, okay? That's minus 5X where he, he can be, like bankrupt and all this stuff. And 5X is inner maximum. So this is the formula. Pretty simple, but at the same time, this will change the direction of your content because you will start being a real person, like you're, like their friend, you know? Like you know them, and you set up this communication and this connection. And also, please think about the connection points beyond your business, like, I don't know, from playing tennis to loving cheese pizza or anything else that you can connect with your audience. And it doesn't matter matter whether you sell software or coaching or anything else. I, I work this scheme on many companies and it worked every single time. That's crucial. This connection with... Crucial. Yeah. Connect. Don't sell, people. Connect. Because when you're connecting, you don't have to sell. You don't have to sell yeah. anything. You, you already, you're building a relationship that is not really business. So when they need something you have, they're going to ask for it. You won't even have to sell it. Exactly. I, I, I would like to know more about your agency, your, your studio, because you definitely had this kind of cases when you communicated with the clients and when, when they tried to expand their business but didn't know how and came to you. So did you have the same situations there to be honest i've had 
almost every business under the sun that I've tried. And I did it out of curiosity, whether I could be good at it or not. So a lot of the failures that I've witnessed were my own. So I would say, okay, I can give you one example. In the insurance industry, I had a business that catered to insurance companies and I provided a solution a mitigation to all houses that sustain flood damage or any kind of insurance claim, right? So I thought I was the best in the business, right? Because I had the, the, the newest technology. I had the best personnel, the most qualified, the most certifications. I thought I was the best in the business, but where I failed was I wasn't doing a whole lot other than telling these companies about my business. I was just telling them, I have all these certifications. I have all the new technology to minimize the cost of all your claims. So I thought I was speaking to them because I'm going to be able to save them money. But instead I didn't focus on what do you do when you're not working? right? What are some of your hobbies? And I found out a lot of these guys love to play golf. And guess what? I hated golf. I couldn't stand golf. When I play sports, I like to sweat. Did you learn it? You better believe it. You Tell me you learned it. it. You better believe <laughs> it. I might, I, I might not have been the best, but I, I got a few lessons. I went on uh -huh. the, the practice, just hit a bunch of, you know, because I hit a golf ball like a baseball bat. I look like the biggest fool out there, but I did learn it and I wasn't great at it, but I was good enough to now invite some of the insurance claim guys to the golf course. So now I had my customers in a more friendly environment. It wasn't business at all. And that's where all the deals happen. And if I would have known that earlier, that business would have took off way earlier. But instead, it did take a couple of years, but it could have took off in a few months if I really connected with my clients. But once you learn it, everything else, you know, it just it's easy because I already had the business, a great business. I already had the great technology and the know how. But now I was connecting to my clients. And what I try to teach people is I invited a dozen of these guys to play and most of them came you know hey listen it, it, was a, it was a great outing we had lunch it was all good and fun and i could tell you 80 percent of those guys maybe eight out of ten let's say they didn't call me to do business with me so essentially i was like <laughs> i was like wow love it <laughs> I, I was robbed I was spending my time, which is currency to me. I was spending money getting this, these outings together and only two guys out of 10 would give me business. But you know what I did? I didn't give up. I kept inviting them. And some of them, it took a year. Some of them, it took two years. And some took three years to crack. But you, you have to be persistent and it grows. You know, once you do good work, it grows. People tell people and I wanted them to keep coming and hearing great stories about me and they couldn't deny me after a while. They just couldn't deny. So you're absolutely right. The message is connect with your clients. Don't expect the business right away. Don't even think about it. Just think how you can connect. And if you have what they need, they will ask you. You don't even have to sell it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. They will come and they will ask you for that. And just imagine if you went, for example, for on some business party or just party and people are around and you're just saying hi to somebody and immediately he goes like, I don't know you, but I'm going to offer you a product and it's going to change your life. Boy, you 
don't know my life. You don't know anything about it. For example, my LinkedIn, I, I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and I'm building my you know, presence there. LinkedIn is like spam folder of my email box. I cannot stand it. I mean, like say hello just before, you know, offering something that will make my life better just because I'm in some industry. You don't know anything. And as business grows, as, as you know, more and more companies appear on the market, I can tell you that it becomes worse because very few people realize that. Can you imagine how well can you stand out from the crowd right now just simply by expressing an interest towards a person before selling anything to them? Absolutely. Just do that. Absolutely. Secret of success. <laughs> I, yeah. I, wow. I, it's, it's crazy. I can tell you, I used to go to a bunch of, you know, trade shows and I realized that just kind of mingling with other people in the crowd, I met some of the most prolific people in business, period. I mean, I'm talking CEOs of big companies and I didn't even know who they were. I treated them just like another person. I was genuine. And I realized that just be yourself, just connect with people and you can build your network just by being organic and not being such a salesy person. And I learned that through the trade shows when you get to rub shoulders with a lot of people just in line, waiting for your food. Be personable. You got to be an extra, a little bit extrovert. So you got to, you know, you got to practice that if you're, if you're shy, you can't be afraid to talk, you know, look at that pizza, look at the grease dripping off, you know, you know, the pizza on that rack, just speak your mind. And some people will think you're crazy. Like I'm sure most people think I am, but a few people think, you know what, that guy's just being real with, with himself and just being observant. And he's letting us know, maybe don't get that pizza that's dripping grease off the bottom. You know, uh, they will they will walk away from this show without mentioning any of them, but uh, any of the other people. But but they will remember you. They will. And that's the goal. So <laughs> you're absolutely right. And you know what's interesting? You actually hit it on the head. A lot of the people that I mingled with in the crowd or somehow interacted with them, they actually ended up coming to my booth and remembering me or stopped by the booth because they did remember me. And that booth, that little booth I had, it was all the way in the back, totally far away from most of the big, the bigger booths, but everyone remembered me. And we ended up being one of the most, I don't know, they gave it some kind of a, an award for the most popular product or innovative product in the trade show. And this is one of the biggest trade shows in the world, in Las Vegas. So the point is, you never know who you're going to see again. You make an impact wherever you go, and it will and it can circle back to you. Exactly. And, and remember that when creating content, basically, it's all, absolutely the same, only you do that with your content. Like, for example, people registered for, for my webinar. What would most webinar hosts do? Just, you know, send the link. I picked up the phone and called each and every one of them, like 100 people. And you know how many people came to my webinar out of 100 registrants? 100. Wow. That's what happened. I believe it. I believe it, that personal connection. And we're going further and further away from personal connection. So if you can connect to people personally, you're a standout right now. Everything's robots. Yeah. Everything's automated. So I agree. Connect. Yeah. You, you have to express the interest 
towards people in your content, in your actions, in everything. I don't know a single person who is unsuccessful who does that. It's true. And uh, let me finish my uh, speech because I'd love you to talk if you uh, if you wish. I have an amazing client and my my good friend Craig Lack saying, if you want to be successful, just do what unsuccessful people refuse to do. That's amazing. And every time I sit down and I think, okay, what would unsuccessful person send out now? What would he write? What would he do or not do? And I go opposite. And that's how you actually figure out, okay, that's not that bad. I can do that. And you establish this connection. Don't copy anybody's behavior just because you think it's right. You don't know what go- what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe some people are showing up like they're so successful, but they're not. And you're copying their strategy. It doesn't work. Well, you should create your own. That's what, when cont- where content DNA comes in. You, your customer avatar, and your message. That's absolutely true. And don't forget, a lot of successful business people, they're not going to give you the secret sauce because they don't want you to know how they made it, really. You know, business people are very competitive. They think that if they tell someone else, they may take my client and my customer. So don't always listen and don't always follow what you think will work and that goes to what you said don't copy someone else they may have a completely different customer than you Uh, it's just like a cookbook that's the best example i can give how many times have you followed a recipe for maybe one of the best dishes of one of the best restaurants you've been to and it tastes nothing like the restaurant made it and i'll tell you why absolutely they don't give you all the ingredients and they don't want to okay so same thing Everyone's got their secret sauce. There's, there are small things that make a difference, small things. And th- those small things are usually not included in those books and, and you know, webinars and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. right. It's the small thing, just a few ingredients in that dish you're about to eat, a few missing spices, it can change the whole dish, change it completely. I enjoy that so much, actually. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like talking to a friend right now. It doesn't even look like a podcast or something. I it's so much energy from you. Thank you. No, thank I, you. I really hope that your, I really hope that your listeners enjoyed that. I hope so. But you know what? You you know, Margo, you're a wealth of knowledge, and you're giving, you know, real life things that work. You're not just saying, you know, be determined, try your hardest. You know, you're breaking it down. You're giving the dichotomy of what it really takes, the very bare essentials uh, before you sell, before you go into funnels, before you put your Google ads. This is what it takes first. It's conveying the right message. It's knowing your customer. It's knowing yourself and your business. And that's everything you discussed with the content ID, right? And uh, I think you're great. And I think you're you're. Light years ahead of a lot of these other people. Content ID, I love it. I love it. Content ID, I I will use it. It's DNA, but ID, I love it. Thank you. Hey, son. (laughs) I will take that if you allow me to. (laughs) Take it, take it. I'm always doing remixes. So I was inspired inspired by Margo. I got the content ID. She's got the DNA. (laughs) We'll do it together. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I, I, I enjoyed that so much. Uh, yeah. So thank you again. If hey. you have any more questions. No, I want to, I, I want to, br- 
I want to bring you back on here. I want to get you involved with maybe some of our, our other um, audience members. I want to bring you in because, you know, I think you, you have a lot of uh, good supporting science that backs up a lot of my instinctual business acumen, you know? And I think it's great. It will be my greatest pleasure. Well, I appreciate you reaching out and coming here and letting us mind your biz. I mean, uh, I got a lot of affirmations. Yes, yes, this was great. <laughs> so thank you so much, Margo. And um, I hope we can chat again soon. Absolutely. Mind your biz, mind your content. Thank you very much, Evan. And see you soon. See you soon, Margo.